Today's title is The Real Me, and it is with Dr. Billy Dore. When I read his story, when I heard about his story, I was like, wow, can you imagine your father shutting the door and slamming it in your face, sending you out without anything, and just say, you don't love me, but I love you, while he was abused most of his life. How do you deal with that? How do you overcome it? And how do you become not just an overcomer, but to step fully into victory in a way that you become who God created you to be and not hold on what you never thought should have happened to you? Now, that is you. That's correct. That's so, so how did all this start? What was your past like? Uh, we were raised Catholic, uh, come from a family of two older sisters, one younger mm -hmm. brother, and growing up, we were raised uh, going to church every week, Catholic, uh, and there was a lot of abuse, a lot of hypocrisy, a lot of um, terror growing up is how I would describe it. Terror and even, terror. Terror, yeah. Wow. yeah. Nightmares, uh, just afraid of doing something wrong, walking on eggshells, oh. the fear, the trembling, did I do this right? Are there going to be consequences that I'm not aware of? And so it was terrorizing. You never knew what would set my dad off and what would just keep him calm. So That's tough. Yes. That is like literally walking on eggshells, like you just said, which yeah. breaks super easy. Yeah. So you had a very abusive father. What about your mom? Yeah, Did uh, she say stop or this is unacceptable or we leave or... Yeah, she, she was... She was tormented herself in all of this. Um, there's a component of her that really wanted to stop it, and she tried, but she also had some of the Catholicism ingrained so deep within her. I think there was a lot of fear to pull the trigger to really officially separate. Mm -hmm. She eventually did separate, mm -hmm. but in the midst of, of her own battle, we were in the midst of it, suffering some of the consequences. Wow, I can see you're truly healed because you talk so easily about it right now and are ready to move on. Yeah, no problem. Because it's like always these, all these people want to hear right. your story, right? right? And you're like, I've done that, I've been there, but sure. I am ready to move on in life. Yeah. And, but you did move on. I did. So you went to college, probably couldn't wait to get out of house. Yeah, I, I, I left college on eagle's wings. I was so excited to get out of this hellhole called home. Uh -huh. uh, when the home felt like a prison, I felt like I was free. And so I went to college excited. I'm moving on with my life. And I was. And God was using me. I was learning a lot so about So you the were Bible. a Christian at the time already? Oh, yeah. I was always a firm believer. I always had a fear of the Lord growing up, for sure. Wow. But so you were raised in a Christian household? I was, raised, I was raised Catholic, so we always went to church every weekend. And my life took a significant change when there was the pastoral family moved right up the street from me. And they were pastors, like I said. And uh, they introduced me as probably they, they were the first ones to really introduce me to the life of discipleship on how to live for Jesus. So uh, I contribute a lot of my shift because of their influence on my life. You must have been so hungry. You wanted to take it all in. I was. Uh, it, they were living a, a different lifestyle than any of my friends were. Um, they were kind of like far from perfect, but in my eyes as a young boy coming from the house I came from, they looked like a perfect family. 
and they were just living out Jesus and they were constantly evangelizing me uh, to come to church and I eventually did. Wow, oh, and it probably very different is what you were used to. Oh, very different. I was doing comparison contrast. This is my experience in the Catholic Church. Ah. This is my experience in the Protestant Church. And so back and forth I went and I still wanted to honor my parents. So I continued with the, with the Catholic faith, but I was still attending Christian church. And it was in this set that I was experiencing transformation. Now, as in a very abused child, you know, that, that did not know almost how to love his dad and, right. and all, all that stuff, you know, how do you start living as a Christian? There's two ways. You take it with a grain of salt right. or you become overly legalistic. Sure. So which, which way do you take? Yeah, well, I, I dove deep right in and I got filled with, you know, God's spirit and Woo! was, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> filled with God's spirit and I was pushing hard with God, I didn't become legalistic up front. It wasn't until the defining moment took place in my junior year of college when I went back home. At that point, my parents were separated, so I wanted to play the good son and honor God in the process. So I would visit my dad, visit my mom, visit some of the friends. And so I was constantly juggling, ah. trying to keep relationships good. You can't keep that up. No, you can't keep that up. I eventually learned who I was in the process, but it took me a while. So at one point, uh, did you go back to your dad and say, hey, dad, what went wrong here? Were your parents already divorced in that time or they were still together? Yeah, they got divorced my junior year in college, so I would have been about 20. Okay. And at that time, like I said, I was really burning on fire for God, wanting to serve him. Um, but then coming back home my junior year, my dad was going through a heavy divorce. And uh, again, I was just wanting to honor him, sit by him. And uh, I just felt like the Lord told me, hey, get ready, here it comes. But is it, it's almost amazing because most kids that have had such a tough childhood want to run and not go home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you weren't like that at all. No, I wanted to, I wanted to win my family to Jesus. Wow. Yeah, but, yeah. but so um, I remember when I, you know, I've been a spiritual Christian for about four or five years. And everything is brand spanking new. And this is true. Faith is exciting and you're right. on fire and you think you've got this. Yeah. And then you learn about casting out demons and you're just going <laughs> to run in there and you're just going to do that. And it doesn't always work like that because we run ahead of God. Yeah, right. Is right. that, how was that for you? Yeah, well, um, I was trying to apply everything I was learning in the Bible college setting. And so I would go out, we would lead hundreds of people to the Lord on right. the streets on a regular basis. But then uh, when you start getting dreams and you start seeing yourself taking revenge on your parents, <gasps> specifically your dad, red flags begin to pop up in my own head. And so I was having these dreams and I would wake up and I would instantly renounce them, rebuke them. You know, I did everything I could to say, you know what, God, your word says I need to forgive and move on. And so that was a red flag to me, and I, I wanted to forgive. Wow. I just didn't I, know I want how. a little more of that. Just a minute. Wow. The nightmares are there. How do you stop them? You want to feel one way, but you do another. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Bart TV. The stories we bring, the problems we show, the solutions we present are real. They are raw and they are authentic. The stories we share are with real people. Are you struggling? Or do you know someone that has problems? We want you to know that you are not alone. Many can relate. 
Are you afraid? God wants to give you peace. Do you feel unloved? Know that God loves you. God wants to give you love, peace, joy, and hope. It's all about the real deal. Barb TV wants to share with you its resources, answers, and hope. It is time to not live in a mediocre life, but for you to step into your full potential. God has great plans for you. We have great answers, resources, and hope. BarbTV.org or 855-515-5550. Approximately 3 million cases of child abuse and neglect involving almost 5.5 million children are reported each year. The majority of cases reported to Child Protective Services involve neglect, followed by physical and sexual abuse. There is considerably overlap among children who are abused, with many suffering a combination of physical abuse, sexual abuse, and or neglect most child abuse occurs within the family risk factors include parental depression or other mental health issue issues mm -hmm. a parental history of childhood abuse and domestic violence i remember somebody at a couple of shows said the hurting become the hurters and that makes sense yeah. how do you deal with that with me right now is dr billy and he was waking up with dreams and nightmares and his night nightmares looked very different than what his day christianity looked like so how did you deal with that at the time how i dealt with it is i just rebuked the dream said i forgive mentally forgave um, and went forward ignoring the warning signs but but what about the seeds that were planted for such a young age in the heart oh, how yeah. do you not just i know jesus can heal instantly because his yeah, word yeah, says yeah. it sure but how did you work through that yeah no it was a huge process that i had to learn to overcome did you try to just be the good guy everywhere or at first i was throw yourself into ministry or yeah well i've <coughs> i covered it up with ministry for a number of years um and I, it was a genuine love for God. But like I said, when the day came where my dad closed the door, said, I love you, um, and I said, hmm, uh, that's when I began to view God differently. Growing up Catholic, I was very drawn to Jesus, mm. but I was not drawn to the Father. I can see why. Uh, yeah, so. Because your dad was not. Right, and when he kicked me out of the house. What do you mean he kicked you out? What happened? Uh, he just had a breakdown right in front of me. And uh, he began to just say, you're using me, get out of the house. I don't want anything to do with you again. Um, and then the moment he was doing that, the Lord brought up the dream I had of me slugging him. And that's when everything became real. I experienced peace. And God said, today I'm going to become your father. And that, f that intrigued me because this is the relationship Jesus had with the father. But at the same time, it scared the daylights out of me. Why was it scary for you? He would be so much a better father. Growing up, I was trying to hide a lot from my dad because if I did something wrong, uh, I could suffer big consequences. Same thing with my family. If they did something wrong that he didn't approve of, uh, we would get in trouble. And so growing up, I would hide a lot from my dad, even crossing the street. If the garage door was open, we would hide through the bushes to cross 
from the other side because out of fear that my dad might see us and might disapprove and I might get punished for it. Ah. And so now God the Father sees everything. So I can't hide anything. Yeah. Wow. So that's when I be started becoming very legalistic. I'm trying to respond to this, but I'm still taking this in, yeah, yeah, you know, because yeah. legalistic means yeah. now, you're, you're living now by I'm works, to, right? Yeah, I'm trying to prove my worth before God because out of fear that I'm, af I'm afraid he's going to shut the door in my face. Even though I did all of this to love my dad, now I feel like I have to do exceedingly abundantly more to love God the Father or he'll shut the door in my face. So that's where the deception comes in, and now it becomes a work-based instead of grace-filled faith. That's following a life from hell. It is, and it became a life of hell. Yes, because nothing. But how do you continue? How did you realize that you were on the wrong path? Well, after I began getting nervous breakdowns, ah. uh, after I began, uh, I felt like in the midst of me uh, going back to college after being kicked out, I felt like I couldn't hide it anymore with evangelism and winning souls and expressing the heart of God to people on the streets. And I felt like God said, hit pause. And so now I just gave my life entirely to prayer, 14 hours a day praying. Uh, if I hung out with you two hours, well, I don't want to disappoint God. So I need to hang out with him maybe four hours. And that so is hard to keep. Ah. Yeah, it eventually led to breakdown. So I graduate Bible college, ready to go into full-time ministry. And now I'm having panic attacks. Didn't know what that was. Whoa. I was having emotional breakdowns. And uh, God kept saying, I want to I heal you from your dad. And so that's when the process really began of the healing. So how did the healing process start for you then? Yeah, well, it started with the breakdown. And so first I needed to identify that there was a problem. The problem is I love Jesus. I'm kind of scared about this figure called God the Father, and I know I have issues growing up. So identifying the problem. And then it went to just diving into submission to some of the pastoral leadership, going through advanced counseling, uh, taking emotional health classes, relational health classes, which led to me getting my Master's of Divinity. Wow. Um, getting mentored into spiritual health and really learning who I am in Christ. Wow, and that flipped it all around? Because, you know, you're sitting here, to. and it sounds so right. easy. No, I think there was a no. huge process to this. No, this is the most painful experience, because you're, you're, you're churning up your whole childhood, right. and God's ripping out this foundation of abuse, fear, terror, and he's replacing it with acceptance, with grace, with wow. love. Still have this fear of the Lord, but it's rooted in his love which is a big difference. That's transformation. It is transformation. And so I, at, through, through a, probably about three years, three to five years, uh, not really knowing which way to tackle the problem, but diving into my identity in Christ, learning the process of how to forgive in the context of justice, because I, I believe a lot of people want to forgive, and the church teaches to forgive, but at the same time, if you've been abused, if you've been hurt, if you've been deeply neglected, uh, there's a component in you that wants some justice. Oh yeah, And so you owe me. Yeah, you and owe me. And you might see that the same thing right now. You owe me, you did this to me, you did not have the right to hurt me like that. You owe me, so how do you let go and let 
God. And you almost don't feel even justified that yeah. God is willing to forgive them too, you know? Yeah. Because how dare they treat you like that? If this is you right now, call us, 855-515-5550 or bartv.org. Stay tuned. The best is for the end. Peace is beautiful. However, finding peace is not always easy. But the result when you get there is life-changing. Are you ready to dream bigger, pray bigger, believe bigger, and live bigger? If you want to break free from dull Christianity and transform to a vibrant, active believer, what are you waiting for? Dare to Believe Big teaches you to believe like never before. It is time to grow, evolve, and expand. Discover four words that can transform your life. Are you ready to build a relationship with God? God has incredible plans for you. It is an exciting opportunity, and you can live each day with a high expectation of what God will do next. Don't wait any longer and sign up for your new free membership. Sign up now and get a free gift at daretobelievebig.com. So how do people change from living into Satan's identity to God's identity? Wow, that's a great question. Uh, first, you need to know what team you're playing for and what Jesus did in reconciling us to the Father. Yeah. I was always raised that Jesus saved me from the Father's wrath, and so I skewed the whole plan of redemption. Hmm. God sent His Son to reconcile me back to relationship with the Father because the Father wanted me. Wow. And yeah. so that's why we pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. But I was always scared of the Father in the name of Jesus. Which is Satan's identity. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right it's there. all fear based. It's a false self. And, and you don't even know it. You no. Know? You, no. You, 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 it's all. So I love to, what it says here in Galatians 5. It says, mm -hmm. You were running the race so well. Who has held you back from following the truth? Yeah. Satan. It certainly isn't God, for He is the one who called you to freedom. This false teaching is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough. I'm trusting the Lord to keep you from believing false teachings. God will judge that person, whoever he is, who has been confusing you. Sure. So how were you able to make amends yeah. with the past? forgiving your dad by not seeing him again when you were thrown out. Yes. Was there a time yes. in your life that you say, I have to go back? Yeah, I think uh, first I had to wrestle through all the insecurities, deal with all the insecurities, all my own fears between God the Father, really allow him to minister to me, acceptance, love, and I had to nail that down in my heart and soul. I had to fight for my freedom. How long did that take you? It took me about three years oh, wow. of, of focused energy. So. All the ministry, I kind of gave that up for a while just to focus in on getting my heart healthy. Was that hard healthy. to do? Because it's easier yeah. to get busy for Jesus yeah, well, I as found, to deal with it. I found my identity in what I did for Jesus. And that, yeah. that's, I wanted to get accolades. I wanted to show off my love before God. But the ladder kept getting taller. So I would get on top of the ladder, and then the ladder just got higher. Ah. So I would try my hardest to get approved by Him. Wow. So yeah, the, the turning point, uh, going back to my dad, is I got married, moved to Arizona, and I began to slowly, slowly allow him back into my life through conversations on the phone, uh, and it eventually led to seeing my dad again for the wow. first time in maybe 10 years when his brother was dying in the hospital. I went to go visit his brother, his brother, uh, my uncle, 
and was praying for him in the hospital. And lo and behold, my dad walks in. Oh, that's a divine appointment. Uh, oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah. a God moment that yeah. nobody chose that but God. Right, right. Wow. So now it's testing time. What am I going to do, right? Yeah. And so uh, in a public place, I took him out to a restaurant, and I began to confront him on I said, Dad, it took me 15 years at this point, 10 to 15 years. It took me 15 years really just to understand the reason why you treated us the way you did was not my fault. It was because you were insecure. That's yeah. a big statement after yeah, 15 yeah. years to sit in a restaurant. How did he respond? Well, the good thing about in a restaurant, it's a controlled atmosphere. Ah. Right. So uh, yes. so there was a little bit of wisdom. I didn't want to go into his environment. You never go into the abuser environment to confront the abuser. You go and to a neutral And that's what you had place. done before. I did. I did. And it backfires every single time. So that's something new to me. And I totally come into agreement with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Do not go into the abuser environment. Y yeah, no, no, no. And so I, I, I had this conversation with him in a restaurant. And I had it basically just to clear the record with no expectations this time. There's no expectations. He's probably going to keep doing what he's been doing, but I'm redefining the relationship moving forward. Wow, that, that so is a huge step because yeah. you're no longer expecting it to get fixed. Correct. You got to throw that out of your mind. That is hard because we all think, how are we going in a way manipulate and fix it to the best interest yeah. of God and my relationship in this? Yes, yes. I think I think what the the heart of everybody and Jesus really puts the whole forgiveness for full reconciliation to happen there has to be its hinges on repentance and a lot of people that's what my heart wanted to hear mm -hmm. for so many years is like Billy I repent I'm so sorry but what happens a lot of the time when we confront those that we love parents siblings whatnot and we say hey you owe me this they slap down five dollars when really they robbed your whole childhood. Right. And so $5 isn't gonna cut it. They can't go to the depth of my core and replace my whole childhood. And they can't, they so, can't. So yeah, I redefined the relationship. So how did your dad respond to that? He state? agreed, he agreed. He agreed to everything. Uh, he said, oh yeah, I agree. I was going through all this stress and all this heartache. I was insecure. So he agreed with, with, with it all. It didn't mean he changed right. at that point. But again, it redefined my relationship with him moving forward, that it was going to be based upon my terms moving forward, not necessarily his terms. And he was okay with that? Well, he had to be if he wanted yeah. a relationship with me. Because he had shut you out before. He could do it again, but he Oh, yeah, he could do to. it again. And so there, I think when dealing with our parents, there's this fine line of where's the boundary need to be set and how do I honor them at the same time? Yeah. God takes honoring our parents very critically. Mm. But at the same time, he understands that the Bible says, above all else, guard your, you guard your heart because it's the wellspring of life. So how am I going to guard my heart yet honor my dad in the process? So that was a big learning curve for me. Mm, uh, I, I can just sense that God really from that moment moved this relationship forward. Yeah, he began to slowly inch forward. The phone call became less than, uh, at first it was once a year, then it became twice a year. Then That's it became, slowly moving yeah, forward. Yeah, I'm moving f forward very slowly. Uh, had our children, then it eventually came to me visiting his house 
or sorry, not visiting his house, visiting him when I was driving through his old neighborhood, my old neighborhood, inviting him to just to have breakfast. And so I was inching and I needed to see fruit of repentance. If not, then we would just keep Did it how it is. Did you see it? Yeah, it, it, w it took a process. Uh, the big turning point came when I felt like the Lord told me to go to his house. That must be the last place you wanted to be. Oh man, yes it was. Because the memories are there. Absolutely. So, real quickly, yeah. you, you, you went? Went to his house. Uh, it was December 2017. I visited my sister in Sacramento area, and I felt like the Lord told me, hey, I want you to go visit your dad. And I went and visited my dad, and he opened up the door, and I noticed he was a hoarder. Oh, wow. And so, and he was hunched over, and I felt like the Lord said, you have an option here. You can keep it how it is, or you can take the risk and deliver him, even though I kept saying, I'm not his deliverer. <laughs> True forgiveness was at that moment. Yeah, yeah. Well, now I'm working on um, trying to be Christ-like to him, wow. to win him over before wow. he passes away. Did that happen? Yes, yes. After about one year of him, uh, I moved him down to Southern California to live with, not live with us, but to live in a home. I became his caregiver. And so now God gave me the power. Wow. And so now I have a choice. I can take that Saul spear, maybe that he's been throwing at me for all these years, and I can take that very same spear and throw it right back at him. Or, or I can illustrate to him honor, healing, grace, love, which will lead him to Christ. Which will lead him to Christ, like behavior. And sure enough, that's what happened. His whole wow. life changed the last year of his life. It was amazing. Wow. Good relationship. Amazing when we choose not to treat people the way they treat us, how that turns around. Real quickly, your yes. website. If anybody wants to get a hold of you, yeah. what is your website? Yeah, well, right now you can go to growinghealthylives.com. Okay. Or uh, the church where I'm at, The Rock in Danville, you can go to therockca.com. Uh, okay, great. Yeah. Uh, one quick response still for the viewer. If there's one word you can tell them right now, if they are in a situation of getting out of such an abusive situation mm. and trying to let go, what could they do? Hmm. I would say anchor in on who you are and how God sees you. Wow, that, that's actually a pretty big statement. Yeah, yeah. That is huge. Yeah. Billy, thank you so much for being on the air with us. And yeah. I know we're going to do a second part with you yeah. because now we're going to teach them. And thank you for coming. We want to pray with you. We love you. BarbTV.org. God loves you. And so do I. In all your abuse from the past, right. in, in, and mostly physically abused, and I put you now in this conference for sure. one day would that fix you no it's hard for me to imagine that no. but it's like what is this face planning about because it's your program she yeah, did yeah. and has totally transformed her sure uh, face planners is just one of several exercises within the discipleship process mm -hmm. where w in the bible when you look at the word worship and prayer those two terms are interlocked it strengthens people to realize god's on my side and it strengthens them, strengthens them to forgive.